You're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, which is all about beauty without the BS. If you're interested in how the worlds of beauty and wellness are intertwined, or you're obsessed with daily rituals of skincare and self-care, or you just want to know the latest when it comes to new beauty, this is for you. I'm your host, Sharice Kenyon. Hi there. This week's episode is another in my Meet the Founder series. I really feel like this series is slowly making more and more sense. I say that because I know that a founder story isn't really for everyone, but I think the guests so far have each brought their own stories to life and this week's guest was no exception. With a decade of experience that includes politics, government and beauty, Stephanie Lee's own personal challenges when it came to her mental health inspired her to build a brand that was about self-exploration. The resulting brand, Self Made, is built with emotional intelligence at its core. And in this conversation, initially held on my Instagram Live at Beauty Me Podcast, Stephanie shared how she recognised the signs that her mental health was being challenged and how she realised that her workspace just wasn't providing any coping tools. She discusses her career journey, we talk about showing vulnerability, and she shares how her career influenced her decision to build a brand She also shares how she ensures that the mental health of herself and her team at Self Made is the top priority. It's a great conversation. I hope you love it. I really love to know the person's why, like why start the brand? When I was younger, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but my parents who are immigrants from Vietnam were like, you can either be a doctor or a lawyer, so which I, I know is definitely a story that a lot of people share as well. But for me, you know, I ended up actually working at the White House for Michelle Obama after the campaign, and so much so that I was, you know, managing teams across the country, across the world, working with Secret Service, the Air Force. And it was really about, for me, finding out that leadership is about people who care, about wanting to make an impact. Um, you know, so whether it's the first lady doing jumping jacks on the South Lawn or doing an obstacle course with Jimmy Fallon on a night show, um, <laughs> it was really about storytelling. How do you take these really important messaging and policy initiatives that sit inside a very far away place, right, like the White House, and turn them into events, front page news, so that you can actually speak to people who haven't been spoken to before in a different way that might need need it the most, you know, and so really having an understanding of what true impact looks like and what it can do to really move people. I then went on to work at Mac Cosmetics as a product developer. Um, I also was able to meet a bunch of founders of other brands and I realized, you know, if they can do it, maybe I can do it, you know, (laughs) and so I think that's really key as a woman of color, like seeing people who look like you uh, come from places like you do things. Um, and being able to see yourself potentially do those things. When I was at Mac, I you know, did product development. So really thinking about what's the consumer question? What are we trying to solve for? At Mac, it was about artistry, innovation, trends. And so working with chemists to actually think of products from my brain into little <laughs> tiny beakers, into big <laughs> kettles, and into you know onto the retail floors, And so, you know, really enjoying how do you actually create these products? It was there that I actually had a mental health crisis, you know, and as a woman of color, I didn't have tools, resources, community. We just didn't talk about it like we talk about it today, right? Yeah. Um, And so I I think, you know, for me, I was like, 
devoted to mental health. Like I lived in New York City. People talk about therapy while they're waiting for coffee in line. So it was so much easier for me who has a lot of privilege to do that work. And after, you know, working on, you know, my self-worth and then sitting in beauty, which so much of the beauty industry itself is about buy this, feel better, you know, uh, you know, worth gap exploiting, flaws, all of the above, and then paying $250 per session with my therapist, just trying to embrace the self-worth I was already born with, right? And that's free, totally free, right? And so to me, there was something fundamentally wrong about how we're spoken to. I said, screw this, I'm gonna go travel around the world, spoke to women across the world about their own experiences around mental health and self-worth. And I came back in 2019, really wanting to answer the question, how do we make you know, emotional well-being a lifestyle? We go to mm-hmm. where we already are. It's in our products that we touch every day, those experiences where we already take care of ourselves. And so that's how Self-Made was born. Wow, okay. We have to go back to several of those bits. Yeah, happy to. Um, if you don't mind sharing, I would love to know, so you, you, know, you just came out with it, you're like, that's when I had a mental health crisis. But can you kind of paint a picture for us how did you know, like, what was happening for you to think it was oh, more gosh. bad day? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it's like everyone, I used to define myself by my resume, you know, White House, and I still sort of do, right? It's normal for us in Western cultures. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I've always been a high achieving person. No matter what I do, uh, you know, I try to do it to the best. Unfortunately, so I was married before, We he had an affair with my neighbor four doors down, and I know, right? <laughs> and this is Brooklyn. So like four doors down is like, we've walked our dogs together. We, you know, all that stuff. It was nuts, right? And so for me, it was about, oh my God, my life is not as great as it seems. And I was really living in the surface of stuff. And so I had to take a very deep look at like, how the hell did I get here? And that involved a lot of introspection and it was painful and so I think once I realized how miserable I was, that's when I dove off the end into the into a depression. But I've it was symptomatic of my whole life. You know, I never understood how to even like express that I was sad. It was just that that happened and it made everything explode. So you know, and I think a lot of mental health crises look so different, but involve a lot of loss for people. And so I think at the heart of it, it's like you think your life is one way, but it's the exact opposite. That's where the heartbreak is. It's so interesting that you said that because um, I spoke to somebody recently and she said that living under lockdown made her realize that she was kind of skating on the surface. Everything was good. She was doing just enough to succeed at work, to create content that supports her work, to eat well, to work out just on the surface. And when lockdown happened, it was really scary because she was like no no I've actually been lying and I either have to go all the way down deep to dig it out or I can just learn nothing from this and keep up this kind of facade it's kind of easy it's easier to carry on faking it you know and pretending that you're okay I think absolutely I think the world is so easy to distract us and take away from ourselves right whether it's our relationship, work, school, social media, drama, we, you know, for me, and I'm curious about you, you know, I wasn't ever taught how to sit by myself alone. Were you? No, like, (laughs) I was alone, because I was that classic, 
do well at school and not be, and not because my parents told me to my parents were not you need to do great at school it was more like i was quite a private person i didn't feel like i was attractive in any way shape or form um i was very self-conscious to the extreme of like nobody ever wants to see me so i'm just gonna so no no I now I can say to people I love being with myself I love mm -hmm. being alone like that's precious <laughs> to have that time absolutely um, no I wasn't given any I wasn't and that's nothing against my parents but I wasn't given any tools to be like this is how you this is what you can do if you find yourself here or feeling like this or just sitting with this it's okay you know mm -hmm. you get to grow up stop crying um you're too old for this now. There's totally. no sit with that. Let's sit with that. You know, how are you feeling? It's yeah, just... yeah. And it's amazing to know that that's the conversations that Gen Z are having, the conversations that we have in, you know, uh, respect to like beauty. Like, you know, I talk a lot about like, for instance, we came out with the serum. But using that time where you're touching yourself to like really feel in your body is spending time with yourself. Self-touch is true self-care. So I think there are multiple ways that we can interject really intentional pieces into what we're already doing rather than doing a whole new beauty regimen or a whole new wellness regimen. So we do that. Look, it's like gonna start going to the gym again. Let me find some new trainers, some new outfits, or I'm gonna take care of my skin. Let me book the facials and let me spend like hundreds of pounds or dollars on this new regime. <laughs> You could probably go and spend ten pounds on a bottle of nail polish and be like, "I'm going to paint my nails, and I'm not going to use my phone." I remember I was working when I was working at Mac. I used to go to Italy a lot for work to like go to the manufacturers and work at the lab. And I love loved working with chemists. And I went by myself, and it was close to Christmas. And it was it was during my depression that I was just like, "Oh my god, this is the loneliest I've ever been." I remember like walking to dinner and just being like, "Ugh, like I'm so sad." And then halfway through, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take myself on a date. I'm gonna treat myself. I'm gonna get really good wine. I'm gonna get what I want to get. And I'm gonna ask myself in my head, questions mm -hmm. that I would ask someone on a first date to just get to know myself. I'm gonna ask myself those questions. And I think that's the thing is like, what do you do with that time that we get to spend? It's a, it's a privilege and a luxury to have time for ourselves. Oh, for sure. I said, we got a puppy about three weeks ago. And today- Love that. The sun came out. He made me cry last week, you know, because I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't be your mum. But today the sun came out and he was sitting on my lap for like 20 minutes. And I was like, mm. I'm just going to sit here and stroke him for 20 minutes. And I love that. It, I, I could have, should have been prepping for this or doing some other work or doing the washing. But yeah, it's just like this little warm body just stroking him and I was like I won't I might not get this back or oh absolutely this so it's, it's what you said it is a it is a privilege there's like to have that time because I know there are some people out there right now that are feeling burnt out from not even working like there are people struggling to find work right now and they're still having this sense of burnout like when is this going to be it's really, uh, I mean, I'm sure you have more questions, but even just thinking yeah. about COVID and how long it's persisted, 
COVID, yes, is a pandemic and yes, it's awful, but it's also an emotional trauma, right? And so this is the first time we've had to sit with ourselves and like not see our loved ones, not get hugs. And so, you know, how do we really take care of ourselves when our usual coping mechanisms don't exist anymore, right? So what was it for you then? What what was your coping mechanism? Food? Oh my gosh. Oh, well, food for sure. Love food. But then also <laughs> bu- building this brand, we are a pandemic baby. Um, and, and so, you know, we created the blueprint of what this is prior to COVID. Uh, and then when this came about, the only human interaction I got was via Zoom, working with people and pulling together a new group of folks. And it was a coping mechanism for us. We at least got to talk to each other. But yeah. otherwise, is definitely food. Uh, I've watched everything on Netflix possible. <laughs> sure. Um, and really building this business because as this is my first time being an entrepreneur, even though I've worked, you know, and had a long career so far. It's the first time being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur is not glamorous. I will say that. I'm sure you also experience those pieces being an <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> but it's like, oh, shit, I forgot to do this. Oh, oh, like I have to do this. <laughs> exactly when did you make the decision to start the business like what month what year 2019 uh probably august 2019 when i paid my first legal bill (laughs) because when (laughs) you pay the legal bill you know you're putting down a lot of money and it's also just like a serious commitment so i was like you know do i go find another job save money and go travel again or do i do this business something that i believe in and i remember talking to my partner and they were like well, who are, you know, after this great experience traveling and like reckoning with your mental health, who do you want to bet on the most? And I was like, well, myself. And that's when the business really started. And, you know, it's pretty scary talking about a new business idea that only existed in your head, you know? And so when I started speaking it out more, like I was so nervous in the beginning, I'm like, this might be a stupid idea, but, um, and really trying to learn confidence and like that if I'm confident, it comes across confident. And the more I spoke to it, the more people wanted to join along. So by the end of 2019, I actually had a team around me, some folks working two jobs. You know, I didn't obviously have a full-time job. And so feeling like since the mental health piece is so core to this, that's what the, is the most compelling part of this mission. And that's what people really rallied around. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go back to the questions that I originally sent you. But I just, I just want to know how you feel because it's, you know, your brand is coming from, you know, it's coming from you. It it wouldn't be the brand that it is without you. How do you feel now that things, wellness is such, it's the, it's the trend, you know, alongside diversity, how do you feel seeing some brands kind of like borrow some of that rhetoric um, to sell products? Uh, (laughs) complicated question, right? Like we need to be talking about these things more, right? And we have a responsibility to each other and to our customers to speak about it in a credible way. So, you know, marketing will always exist. Consumers will always want what's trendy and hot. But I think while mental health is trendy, what is not as cool is being vulnerable. But that's the true piece to this. And so, you know, sometimes it frustrates me and sometimes I'm cheering right along with folks because I think it's so important to meet people where they are and build a totally different table 
around these pieces, right? It's no longer about like, let's make two chairs for people of color. No, I don't want to sit at your table. That table wasn't built for me. I want to build a totally different table where people feel welcome and feel heard and validated. And that's what we're building here. So it's it's an interesting um, uh, time to look at the industry and how it's moving, which is exactly why we develop all of our products and all of our programming with mental health experts rather than here's a mindful yoga or you know more general things. This yeah. is really about how do you break down the specifics around emotional well-being. So I need you to get into the nitty gritty for me. Right. So you've got a serum. What is that going to do for my mental health? Break it down That's, for me. Well, no one thing that you actually buy will do anything for your mental health. So I want to be super clear about that. I think for this brand, it's really thinking about how do we uh, how do we define self-care, true self-care versus self-maintenance, right? Self-care, if you think about yourself as a car, you need the gas to go, right? You need the oil in the car to go. You don't need a wax, a polish, or a wash, but those are the nice things that make us feel good, right? That's the difference between self-care and self-maintenance that we want to be super clear about foundationally. So we launched um, Secure Attachment Comfort Serum at the end of last year, and it made Vogue's list of best serums of 2021, which we're very excited because we are a tiny, tiny little brand. Um, (laughs) But the idea here is that while it speaks to and embodies what a secure attachment is, it securely attaches to your skin cells, has incredible clinicals around hydration and moisture barrier, and it actually has an ingredient in it that lowers your stress hormone in your skin. So again, looking at you as a whole human being, not like, oh, you have a zit on your face, like slap this on it, right? Exactly. I think that's important to to note. And then it also securely attaches makeup to your face. Secure attachment is a psychological concept. How do you securely attach to yourself to create the template of relationships? And this is relationships from family to friends to romantic, right? So it's so incredibly important to break down what is a healthy relationship? What are emotional boundaries? And we talk about those pieces through our programming and we have a digital app that actually helps you explore your own attachments in your life. Our second product we came out with is called True Grit Resilience Scrub. And this is not talking about that like man up and like grin and bear it through type type of shit that like is really put on communities of color, right? That expected resilience, like you should be strong, right? This is about how do you fall down, be vulnerable, ask for what you need, get back up again and try again. So it's really with our consumers and with um, our folks that we're using these product launches as a place for discourse to really rewrite the narratives around emotional well-being versus what society says it is. And so while one serum is not going to change your mental health, using it as an intentional reminder, engaging in the discourse, engaging in our digital app. Um, is the new three-step, you know, it's not like face wash, moisturizer, face spray. This is like serum, community, digital app. And it's really about the whole ecosystem. I love what you said about the discourse surrounding it because it needs to happen because even as recently as the Olympics this past week, um, you know, Simone Biles dropping out for mental health. Um, One of the swimmers, he won a, a medal and now he's, taking time out for his mental health there's a cricketer taking time out for mental health and it interests me because you know 
obviously women of colour are at your core as well. And with Simone Biles, there's been a lot of, that's not really fair what she did. It's really not fair. She's not a team player. Whereas these other two men, white men that I've mentioned, mm. I hope he's going to be okay. I hope he gets the help he needs. And I was like, it's still, no matter how comfortable we've become with discussing it, it's like you said, it's about vulnerability. But I feel like um, women of colour, women in particular of colour, are expected to just keep going, get through it. You're strong. Yep. You're made of strong stuff. And woe betide you if you make yourself look vulnerable. Like, mm -hmm. the conversation still... So I, I'm glad that you put discourse at the heart of your products. Obviously, you're putting work and research into the products. It's not like it's water. But at the same <laughs> time, it's important that you do it. And you're doing it, like, all the, all the way. Do you know what I mean? It's not just some pretty packaging. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because I think that's most of the work that we've done. And I think for our consumers, what we're, that product is, is developed through the lens that your emotional and mental state have an effect on your skin and body function, right? So like when you have an insecure attachment, you're waiting for a boy that you have a crush on to call, or you have a podcast that you need to get ready for and your, your anxiety goes up, right? You feel it in your chest. Your skin actually feels it your skin gets dry or maybe you have a zit pop up like it has so much of an effect on your body not necessarily the other way around right so what we foundationally know is if you feel good you look good but society has said if you look good you feel good and it shouldn't be that way right because that's dependent on what other how others see you yeah and i think it's interesting that you bring up simone biles and naomi osaka and with tennis also um dropped out of the press conference because of mental health that is uh, mental health and physical performance at its peak, right? And so, so much of it, right, when you're a runner or an athlete, and I am not either or any of those, <laughs> is so much about visioning. How do I vision? How do I mentally prepare for this in order to really um, amplify my, my physical performance? So you see it in sports. We're adopting that into uh, beauty because it's true. It is. It is. It works. And I feel for them because when people are questioning why they're dropping out, I'm like, because it's what they've been envisioning this for four years when it comes to the Olympics. It is, that is their goal every day. So if they don't make it through to your level of success, why totally. wouldn't they take a break? Totally. Totally. And I think it's amazing because they're Gen Z. These women are Gen Z, right? They are saying, I'm putting myself first before what you think about me. And I think that's a fantastic role model um, because as women, and especially women of color, we're brought up to be, and we're nurtured to be caregivers, care about other people's feelings first, care about making sure there's food on the table, making sure everyone's happy and healthy. It's very rare that the, the message that we get is take care of yourself first before family, before friends, all of those things. Yeah. And so that's why we're tired let's be real <laughs> yeah. right tell me what are you most proud of with what you've achieved so far well a just launching to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a huge achievement because i think people talk including myself of doing things or trying to do things and it's until you do it um that it actually is an achievement and for me i was 
fundraising during a pandemic. You know, funding for women is only at 2%. And that's not and even lower for women of color. And so I didn't realize there was this huge mountain ahead of me. And so for me, just even launching is a huge testament to the work that this team has put in, the work that I'm I'm doing, and the fact that people care about these conversations around mental health in a very real way. Not the pretty, you know, silk robe and perfect perfectness way, but in the real way of like discussing like we all fall down. How do we help lift each other back up? It's funny because I'm researching um a solo episode about the concept of being that girl. I don't know if you've mm. seen it. It's a TikTok thing. It's a YouTube thing. And there'll be um, influencers or wannabe influencers, you know, channeling that girl. So that girl wakes up at 6 a.m. She makes her bed. She journals. She does a morning walk. She comes home and has a green juice. Then she does a morning workout. Then she makes a list of all the things that she has to do that day. And I was just like, that girl might need help soon because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm researching it right now it's like it's just so easy to latch on to things that will fix us and like you said I think we have to go a lot deeper and have the uncomfortable conversations you know tell your friends about how you really really feel because it's likely they'll have a moment that they can share with you where they felt exactly the same we've just been trained to be in competition be in competition with each other I think Mm -hmm. health and wellness is not a blanket green juice and yoga workout for everybody. It looks very different for different people. Yeah. Well, I worried about one girl. I've watched so many of the videos. I'm kind of brainwashed now. But one of the young women, she was doing her morning journaling. And when you saw the journal, journaling is meant to be a brain dump. Like, let me get this stuff out so that I can go on with my day. Her journal was a list of more things to do. Oh, gosh. When are you supposed to rest? Just go go for the walk and leave the book. I don't know. But um, so the next question is a little bit obvious, given that the times we're living in. But what's been the biggest hurdle to starting your beauty business? Probably even myself, right? We're so easy to like come up with excuses why not to do something, why not to be uncomfortable, why not take a risk. And so, you know, when you are at the top, there's no one that's like patting you on the back, like, great job you know, getting back on your computer again, or like, great job bouncing back when a potential investor just punched you in the gut about X, Y, and Z. Mm. You know, it takes a lot of resilience and creating a community that supports in order to do it because every single day is so different. Like if you love stability, and you love predictability, this is not for you. But I used to be that person, right? And I used to crave those things. And I think the satisfaction of building something of my own outweighs that need to be comfortable, right? And conversations like this, conversations with other people where you're like, I felt that same exact way, I think keeps me going. But I think we can easily get in our way if we don't keep ourselves in check. Yeah, and that the sad thing about that is 10 years from now, you could be like, what if? You, that has got to be a far worse feeling than... Absolutely. Tell me how you, as Stephanie, how are you making sure that your mental health is staying a priority with having this business? Because it's it's going to need a lot of your time. 
it takes up a lot of time and a lot of brain space. You're absolutely right. Some things that we do at work is number one, every quarter we have a mental health week where we take down big meetings. We really prioritize thinking as work, resting as work. So I think that's really important to create psychologically safe working environments. Mm -hmm. Personally for myself, like I have a therapist, she's on maternity leave at the moment, but I have a therapist. We're working on like trauma-based healing and it's incredibly important to have that space dedicated to it. I moved, I moved out to the countryside rather than New York City, where it's 12 million neighbors. Now I have 800 neighbors. Wow. Right. Exactly. To be closer to nature and, you mm-hmm. know, doing this business was a huge lifestyle change. So for me, it's about how do I optimize my mental health in order to, ha- to produce the best that I can be. And that means everything around me is just that much more calm. I journal occasionally. I meditate occasionally. I work out rarely. So like all (laughs) those things that people point to, I'm not necessarily doing it, but I am very thoughtful and intentional. And and honestly, you know, the times where I feel self-doubt the most and those what ifs come up the most, I at least have a really fantastic group of teammates, friends, girlfriends, a partner where I can be vulnerable and say like, oh, like I think like we're going to fail today. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get through today. And really having folks cheerlead me on is uh, a part of that mental health practice that I have. Uh, just, just to put you on the spot a little bit, obviously you've mentioned that you've got this team. What advice would you give to someone that perhaps doesn't feel supported and they need, they need someone to talk to? Would you say they have to go the professional route or is there anything you can share from your experience? I guess it's a, uh, what level of self-awareness you're at in terms mm-hmm. of like the need. I think just even speaking out that need is really a critical first step, right? So much of our needs are inside of our head or, or mm-hmm. our expectations of others are inside of our head. So finding a person that you can actually say like, I don't feel well, I think I need help. Can you help me figure out what I need to do is a great first step. And if that is a professional, absolutely, that's fantastic. Sometimes it is even just like looking up what people are writing on the internet about their own experiences Mm -hmm. to feel like you can see themselves in in their stories. I think that's really critical, but finding someone that you can actually just speak out the need to and ask for help is really, really important. When I was in my most depressed times, I moved and I was so depressed I couldn't wash my own dishes. And so, you know, I was saying to my therapist, I was like, I can't even do this. And she's like, well, ask for help. And I was like, well, if I ask for help, that means they're going to have, like, I have to repay them like a one for one. And she's like, Stephanie, if you don't feel well and you don't feel like you feel like sick, right? Because like mentally you're not feeling well, this is your time to practice being vulnerable and ask for help. Because when you are strong, then you can help them in the future. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Because I just never thought about asking for help as just a sign of being vulnerable and that being a strength. That's so funny because that's something I've had to deal with even in my relationship, I feel, over the years. Um, One time I made my husband really upset. It was around Christmas and we were hosting some people and I was just like, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And I was just so stressed and he was just like, I'm here. (laughs) I think I was just... I'd created this world where, no, 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 I do everything myself. Yep. Because if, yep. if it's on me, 
And that's why I'm very, that I'm that person that's like, no, if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Even if I'm tired, if I'm this, like, I didn't see the window of letting somebody else do stuff. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's just, I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's like working in media as a female and thinking, you know, being in rooms where you're the only person that's brown. It's these pressures that we absorb. Yes. It's, it's hard to recognize them and be like, okay, I can try it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, even if you look up the definition of vulnerability in the dictionary, it's like something about like vulnerable to pain or something like that. Of course you wouldn't want to be that, right? Why would you ever want to be vulnerable? But I think within an emotional sense, like having vulnerability means that you're, you're seen, you're seen by somebody and to be seen is to be validated. And I think that's really, really powerful especially within like the beauty industry, right? When it's like so much of it is about like, let's cover this up, let's cover that up to be seen for, you know, your, your skin for what it is to be seen for your face and body as it is, is really empower empowering, especially if you're seeing other people that look like you. It's so important. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need just to be like, I'm not the only one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So the last question, actually last two. So I've, I usually like to celebrate people for what they've already done. I'm not someone that's like, tell me what you want to do next. Cause I feel like that's another pressure that people put on us. But several years from now, where would you see self-made? Well, you know, ultimately for me, it's about how do we give tools and resources to create this next generation of mental health activists that are not only advocating for themselves, but advocating for each other and humanity. So, that's something that I would really love to see. Uh, not sure how it shows up, but that's mm -hmm. kind of like the aim. We have a product pipeline of three and a half years um, of like really connecting credible psychological concepts to skincare and beauty products. So I'm really excited about what's to come here um, through product development. I love creating products. I love solving problems. Um, and then just really seeing a really lively community having similar conversations, asking similar questions to each other and really um, coming together and rallying around these really important topics. is that's Those are the three things I'd love to see. Well, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. So yeah, the final question would be just what advice would you have for somebody that has had that idea in their head for months, maybe even years? Why, you know, what's your advice to get them to do it now? Put it on paper, get it out of your head, put it on paper, and it does not have to be perfect. It just has to get out of your head. Once you get it out of your head, start talking to the people closest to you that love you and support you because those are the folks that are going to say, like, how can I help, right? And the most important thing for me, realizing, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, now I have to learn social media. Now I have to learn graphic design. Now I have to learn, <laughs> I don't know, e-commerce and data or whatever, you know? realizing like actually I don't but what I do need to do is find people who are smarter than me in those areas yeah. and so you won't want to do it alone and you shouldn't do it alone and so I think having that mentality get it out of your head and don't do it alone are the two things I would I tell everybody thanks so much for listening you can find me on instagram at beauty me podcast and feel free to slide into the dms do please like, subscribe and review. It really helps Beauty Me be seen.